G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. Happy Saturday here, celebrating the weekend, uh, about 9 in the morning, so I had a coffee, dug through some relevant AFL, NFL and NBA news, so I'm back doing another Fry's Fast Five. A lot of these topics have been trending in the last few days, some of them are not super relevant anymore, but there's still plenty to talk about, we're starting to see the NFL training camps ramp up. The AFL season's starting to wind down. We're getting towards finals, and the NBA's going into a bit of a lull, but there's always relevant news to talk about basketball-wise. First thing I want to talk about today is Eddie Betts being dropped. I touched on this a little bit on my last podcast when I talked about team selection and a couple of AFL fantasy things, but I want to dive into it a little bit deeper. I'm honestly not too surprised to see Eddie dropped. It was awesome to see that on his social media after he found out he wasn't going to play he gave Tyson Stengel, the bloke who's pretty much replacing him, a bit of a shout-out. So Eddie Betts is a class man. Everyone loves the dude. I'm sure that he'll go and dominate the Sandville and be back in the senior side before too long, but you can't really blame Adelaide for making a tough call given his recent form. They are in the position where they really need to pull it together if they want to play finals. After making the 2017 Grand Final, their finals campaign is not assured this year. They're sitting 8th with a matchup against Carlton coming up. I think that's today, actually. So they should win that, but there's no guarantees that they're going to keep rolling. Don Pike might be sweating a little bit with his job security as well. Like I said, they made the 2017 Grandy. They missed the finals last year. So if they miss the finals again this year, then he could be in real strife, I'll be honest. They've got a pretty talented list, and they should be achieving better than this. I think... In the preseason, I had them finishing about 7th or 8th, but their list is probably deserves uh, a little bit of a higher finish, I think. So, yeah, I think they're underachieving, and Eddie Betts hasn't been up to scratch. So, Pikey making the tough call, hopefully, will reinvigorate Betts and in turn turn Adelaide's season into rather just make it up the numbers in the finals and hopefully make the finals. Hopefully, they can uh, make it a worthwhile campaign. The second thing I want to talk about today is an article I wrote uh, not yesterday, a few days ago now, about the NFL teams who could win their first Super Bowl this year. If you want to check out that piece on sportsbyfry.com, I might even throw it in the link of this uh, podcast episode. You can do so, but spoiler alert, there were five teams that I said are in real contention. The first one was the LA Chargers. I think they got playmakers in almost every position. I really like the Chargers. They got New England patriated last year, so... You can only uh, destroy Tom Brady and Bill Belichick every so often. So, unfortunately, this could be their one of their last legitimate shots at winning it. Philip Rivers is entering into his 16th NFL season, I think. So, he's not getting any younger. So, they really need to convert on the opportunity they have in front of them. Melvin Gordon's contractual situation, which I'll talk about in a bit, does put a little bit of doubt over their uh, potential ceiling, but I still think they're littered with talent across the rest of their roster. Minnesota is someone who I put second on the list. I think they underachieved a bit with Kirk Cousins in his first season at the Vikings last year. They've got stacked offense, especially with their wide receivers, and Kirk Cousins is no scrub by any means. So they also, like the Chargers, have a couple of good playmakers. Xavier Rhodes is one of the best corners in the game, and corner safety, one of the best defenders in the game, and uh, had a pretty down season last year. So I expect them to bounce back. Running in Gary Kubiak's system could see their offense kind of take the next step. So I think they're definitely someone to keep an eye on. The Cleveland Browns 
everyone's pretty much sexy pick. They're trending after a successful off-season. And John Dorsey, not John Lynch, I called him John Lynch the other day, John Dorsey, rather, has pieced this roster together so that they can grow, but not only not only grow, but they can probably contend this year. A playoff spot is really... Uh, I wouldn't consider a be-all and end-all, but they definitely have the talent to make the playoffs this year and probably should, maybe even claim the division crown. So I like the looks of those three teams. Again, like I said, you can check out the article to see all the teams I talked about on sportswifery.com. Third thing I'm going to discuss is Friday night footy. Last night we saw Richmond pretty much take care of Collingwood in dominant fashion. I think the end margin was only around 30 points, but it hovered in the high 40s and 50s for most of the second half. And I wonder what that win says more, or if it says more about Collingwood or Richmond. I think the commentators were very quick to anoint Richmond as premiership favourites and serious contenders, which by all means they are contenders, but I don't think after winning you know five or six on the trot that they're the must-beats. I mean, I still rank... Probably West Coast and Geelong above them. Brisbane I don't have as much faith in, but Richmond is still in the that class. But let's just pump the brakes a bit. We've still got five or a month left of footy for both those sides now before the finals kick off. I know the Tigers have a favourable run at the MCG, so if West Coast could or Geelong finish above them and force them to travel, that could definitely see uh, the Tigers get bowed out. I know that uh, a lot of Collingwood and Richmond supporters hate to hear it, but let's be honest, playing at the MCG... 80-85% of the time does help your chances. Travelling is a, a lot harder, speaking from a West Australian myself. I don't think there's too many alarm bells ringing at Collingwood. I mean, their form hasn't been great. They've lost four of their last five, but I still think that they can be contenders. It really does come a little bit down to their injury list. Heading into this round, they had 15 blokes on their injury list. Some of them did play, and some of them were just tests, but that was the most of any club. And they missed guys like Darcy Moore, who is arguably in all-Australian form, Dane Beams, Lyndon Dunn, who's probably in their best 22, let's be honest, Jamie Elliott, uh, what's his name, Tommy Langdon, and Jaden Stevenson. So they're missing some class players from their outfit last night. I know Richmond was missing a few as well, with Cochin sidelined early and Alex Rance out, but... Yeah, I think that injuries have probably hampered Collingwood's cause a little bit more than people are letting on. So alarm bells shouldn't be sounding too heavily, but Collingwood needs to figure it out. At 11-7, and seven, they're quickly letting their season slip a bit, but I still have faith that they'll be around in the business end of 2019. Fourth thing I want to talk about is the NFL contract holdout. So for those people who don't really know, Training camp is up and running for NFL teams, but some star players haven't reported to training camp, threatening to miss all of camp and potentially time in the season because they want a contract extension. Some of these dudes are pretty notable names as well. We've got Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys. He's led the league in rushing two of his first three years in the NFL, so to say he's a star of the league is a bit of an understatement. Mike Thomas as well, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. Personally, I think he is. He wants an extension as well. Jadavion Clowney, who's a defensive player for the Houston Texans, number one overall pick a few years back. Melvin Gordon as well, Trent Williams. There's plenty of dudes in this boat, and it's no guarantee that all of them will get the extension they seek, but teams can start finding them now. It's weird to see this. I mean, I'm not the smartest bloke when it comes to analysing NFL stuff, but it seems like the players hold a lot of power here. Granted, they are the ones that, in the end of the day, will be missing out on money, and Melvin Gordon's situation seems like 
the most uh, dicey, I guess you could say. He's the one that's probably going to miss potential, the most likely to miss games during the season. He's on the last year of his rookie deal, so he's only making about five, five and a half million. So every game he does miss will eat into that paycheck, I think. Oh, some quick math, 16 games. He'll be missing about 700, 800 grand a game. But, you know, if he does get an extension he wants or traded to someone who gives him a payday, it's a gamble that will pay off. But we saw what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year. He got franchise tagged, then decided he wasn't going to play under the tag, missed the whole season, and at the end of the day, just kind of gave away $14 million. So it'll be interesting over the next month to see which of those players do stay sitting out of camp, which one's fold and end up returning to camp or which ones do end up getting the extension that they so seek. Fifth and final thing I want to talk about is Russell Westbrook and James Harden. They were introduced at a press conference overnight for Australians so I woke up and saw the photos of Russ in a Rockets jersey. It's going to take a while for me to get used to that but I'm all in on the Rockets this season. I think Russ said he's ready to sacrifice a little bit offensively to win a title, and we saw how good he was with Paul George last year. He kind of deferred a little bit and allowed George to take the spotlight and really enter MVP conversation. So it'll be an interesting dynamic between him and Harden in the backcourt. Their previous playoff failures does give me a little bit of pause and doubt them somewhat, but... My gut just tells me that this time's going to be different. Call me crazy, but I think the Rockets will maybe get the best record in the league during the regular season. Again, that might not pan out into playoff success, but I'm buying all the Rockets stock that I can get at the moment. Eric Gordon is probably, let's be honest, their third best player, but don't rule out them swinging him away and trying to get some maybe better defensive wings or another scoring forward. Nothing's really jumping to mind, but he's fine on their roster, but I feel like there's another potential move that the Rockets could make that could only enhance their chances. I said that was the last one, but I just want to speak for 30 seconds about Pau Gasol heading to Portland. I like the Blazers team this year, and hopefully they can contend. I would love to see Dame Lillard win one for the Blazers while declaring his loyalty and sticking around. Gasol probably won't be playing too many meaningful minutes, but he's a nice depth piece, especially while they're waiting for Yusuf Nurkic to come back. They've got Hassan Whiteside now, so they've got some capable bigs. Gasol's a smart player as well. Multiple championships with the Lakers, so he's a good player to have on your roster, even if it's just for the knowledge that he has in the NBA. And that's going to do it for Fry's Fast Five on this Saturday. Hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. I'll be back doing the Sunday sit-down with JLo tomorrow. Round wrap-up will be coming out early next week. And then I'm going to be doing the AFL Fantasy Finals Primer. Big article, probably Wednesday or Thursday. And when I do that, I'll probably record a podcast and maybe a video as well. But once again, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, peace.